0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live.
1: Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are delighted to have this time together.
0: We are down in Naples, Florida, actually, and you're going to get a special program tonight as we are taking our daughter back to Ave Maria University for her second year. And uh, so this kind of also marks closing out the summer. It's been a very blessed summer for us. Uh, My son Joseph, having spent 10 weeks as a missionary, I guess would be the best term you give, at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. You've heard us speak of this fantastic place, Damascus, and uh, they're about really forming outstanding Catholic disciples of Jesus Christ. And we partner with them in a special way by, if you will, answering the next question and then what. So after this great week of formation, you know, we're all about that, living it out. If you go to our website, massimpact.us, we can't say it enough. We're challenged uh, to move beyond the Tabor experiences of our lives, to bring it off the mountain, if you will, and into the world. And I would even say the hierarchy, there's a hierarchy where that needs to take place. The measure of what we do at Ignite, Crucio, Chirp, Acts is how we are living it out in our marriages and families. So we're all about that. We're about it in seeking God's grace, about digging in. And let's just keep it very real as Catholics, there are obstacles that stand in the way for us to really dig in. It's easier to do it with the men's group or the woman's group or the youth group, but in our homes, are we putting the hand of the plow in our homes and uh, setting the context to encounter Jesus? And the the truth is most of us could do it a whole lot better and uh, trust that God will meet us. If we just overcome the fears, The doubts, the anxieties, the awkwardness, the reservation. So that's a wonderful connection that we have with Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Uh, End of commercial. If you're interested in this for your parish, if you'd like to be more uh, engaged in this, certainly give us a call. Uh, 814-449-8808. If you want us to help your parish become that kind of community, that's what we're all about. We're already helping a number of parishes do this. And um, another commercial also. So a tool to do this. There are many tools out there to gather families to talk and pray, um, but we offer one that has been used by an increasing number of people. Uh, The Live It is kind of the way we put it. We image the Trinity. That's where you get that IT from in our capacity to love. We image the Trinity. Father, mother, children. It's an occasion of imaging the Trinity. So Live It, if you get the app, massimpact.us forward slash app. Um, you can have all the subsequent Sunday readings built into a gathering guide for both families and for groups. So men's groups are doing this. Youth groups are doing this. Families are doing this. And, uh, and I'll say all of them are reporting, truly, um, that have reported back to us it's a game changer. You know, it is an occasion for um, them to learn more about one another, to discover God alive in one another. You know, in spite of all of our religious activity, these contexts open the door to relationship. And we got a new thing here that I want to really encourage you to check out. Massimpact.us forward slash live it now. It's the Married Couples Challenge. What is that? Well, periodically, we are going to post some very impactful short messages by awesome evangelical leaders. Some are Catholic, some are not. But as Augustine said, all that is true is ours. And I think many evangelical ministers are very gifted and anointed in um, connecting us to truths that are truly Catholic, that challenge us, that are relevant to our lives, that open the door to grace. And then we, we, we posted the very first one by a pastor, Tony Evans, and uh, it's particularly directed to men, but we're challenging couples together in this case to set aside just 25 minutes. Can you find 25 minutes as a couple to sit down and listen to this talk and discuss it. So go there, massimpact.us forward slash live it now. And uh, we know it's going to move you. We know it's going to challenge you. We know it's going to bless you. And if it does, I'm going to say move it to the next step and be uh, an evangelist. Simply share it. If you have Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media you have, post this because by you experiencing it yourself, maybe say a word, hey, check this out. It's it's something that made a difference in my marriage. Just my husband and I or wife and I listen to this. By posting that, you're going to be an occasion of others experiencing this. And then just, you know, we'll let you know when the next one comes out. Again, these are mini dates. Consider them meaningful discipleship-building dates with your spouse. So one more time, where is that? Massimpact.us forward slash live it now. So with no further ado, tonight we are going to air some impactful presentations from our Praying with Fire conference. First, you're going to hear in 15 minutes or less um, what we call seven keys to a missioned family. So you'll hear each one of my family members. Um, this was initially presented again at the Praying with Fire conference. And uh, followed by that, you are going to hear the awesome Andrew Reinhardt. He's on our board, he's been on our teams. He's a, a, a man of great Catholic integrity and wisdom and a real gift, I think, in teaching. And he is going tonight to present for us in a very tight way the Catholic foundations of life in the Spirit, the Catholic foundations of life in the Spirit. So if you're like me, and often you look around and you say, hey, we've got this Catholic faith, this fullness of revelation, but you're asking, you know, where is God? Where's the power? Why do numbers keep diminishing? It certainly isn't for lack of Christ's presence in the Eucharist. It certainly isn't for lack of the sacraments. Those have been present, but we're still seeing declining numbers. If you're like me, you're asking the question, well, what's missing? And I think this is really an endeavor to answer that question, what's missing, in terms of us being open to fanning the flame of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is within us, but are we allowing it to be stirred up? Is it animating our hearts and our minds and our lives? Are we living in the Spirit, boldly in the Spirit? And so Andrew is going to give us some clarity, uh, Catholic clarity in understanding how we live this life in the Spirit. With no further ado, here we go. Hey everybody, my name is Greg Schleter, I am blessed to be the husband and father of seven beautiful children, many of whom you will meet in the next 15 minutes. Um, so we are presenting the seven keys to a mission family, and I have to give you the caveat right out of the gates, we are hardly there. But these are seven things that we think are very important to living our identity and mission as a family, which we're going to discover is to make God, who is love, known. So. We're going to do it by way of each letter of the Trinity, T-R-I-N-I-T-Y and I get T. So the first one is truth. Truth is the anchor of, of everything. And I want to illustrate this by telling a quick story. When our beautiful youngest daughter, Anne Marie, was just a year old, I remember walking into the room one day and she's sitting on our hardwood floor and playing with toys. And I observed her with great delight as a father. And then something unusual happened. She kind of pushed the toys aside and she was kind of looking at the hardwood floor and I wondered, what's going to happen here? It's a little interesting. And she went down full force, banged her head on the hardwood floor. And obviously, her head was hurting. She sat up, kind of bewildered, almost angry at the floor, like, how dare this floor hurt my forehead? And um, you'd think that that would be the end of it, but I'm kind of watching as a dad. And I wanted to move in and maybe remove her from this, but I figured there's going to be a time in her life where I'm not going to be around, and she needs to kind of learn something here of the nature of the hardwood floor. It wasn't going to hurt her. So she goes back down, hits the head, hits her head on the hardwood floor again, and of course, this time she's just like half, you know, upset and crying and kind of, you know, half annoyed at this floor again that's causing such pain. Well, this reminds me of a quote from one of my favorite authors, G.K. Chesterton, who in so many words said, we can't so much break the law as be broken against it. We can't change the shape of the world around us. Similarly, as a family, there's a design of our nature. What would the enemy do? The enemy of God, Satan, he'd want us to reject this image. He would want to trick us into not living this nature of love. And In the fullness of time, when we had all gone astray, when we were living in amnesia, we had forgotten who we were, God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, to reveal this nature of love. He died on a cross for us to show us self-sacrificing love. Now, I want you to think of your favorite movie right now. Because every movie ever made, every drama ever made, has four basic components to it. Whether your movie is Lord of the Rings, or Sound of Music, or It's a Wonderful Life, Lion King, whatever it is, they, all of these four movements. Well, let's give words to each of these movements. Life for that movement A, easy enough, right? B, the crucible is death. Emerging through the crucible and death, they more discover their identity. That's resurrection. They're filled. And then that last movement, the mission movement is Pentecost. And we will only be happy the extent to which we are emptied of ourselves through repentance and forgiveness and apology. So we can be filled with God's grace so much that it overflows. So in summary, the first key to being a mission community is the truth. The truth of yours and my nature is that in our capacity to love, We literally image the trinity. We make God, who is love, known. And we do this specifically through communicating with God together and also communicating with one another. And we try to make this accessible through this weekly downloadable gathering guide or the app, which is pretty cool. Check it out, massimpact.us, which makes the Sunday readings very accessible to us. On with the second letter.
1: Hello, I'm Stephanie Schleter, and the second key to a mission family is recognition. Our second letter, Trinity. Get it? Okay, so recognition. So I want to begin with a little story. Many moons ago, when our children were much smaller and we were embarking on a little trip, it was winter time and the holiday season, and remembered that we had some pictures that we still needed to pick up at Kmart that we thought our family would enjoy, you know, back in the days when we actually printed pictures. Um, So I'm like, Greg, just drop me off. I'll run in and grab them and we can go and it'll be wonderful. So Greg was in this wonderful habit of dropping me off to run errands very quickly, in and out kind of things. And the kids who tended to hate car seats in the car, they would fuss if the car stood still. So he would, you know, do his thing about driving around and then picking me up. So this day, he drops me off and I'm thinking it'll be like a two around the parking lot kind of errand. And so I come out, no line, did it, boom, and he's not there. And I'm like, okay, maybe he went around the block a little bit. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It's getting cold. I didn't grab my coat when I jumped out of the van. And it's like way later and I'm worried and angry but just a little worried. And so it was before the time when we both had cell phones, I actually found some change in my pocket and used the pay for those of you who don't know what that is, ask your parents, and to call him. So I called his cell phone and he answered and he was not happy with me. And he said, where are you? I said, where am I? Where are you? He goes, what do you mean where am I? He said, I'm right, right outside waiting for you. And I'm looking, and I said, outside of where? And he said, out of, right outside of Tops. I said, Greg, my love. I didn't say that, but I'll add it to the story. I'm at Kmart where he dropped me off. So, thank you. So the moral of the story is, do we recognize where we're at? Do we recognize where we're going? Do we have that recognition? So as Greg spoke of truth, do we have the courage? Do we take the time? to really give ourselves an honest evaluation. Are we as a family living as thermostats or thermometers? Are we just kind of going with where the culture's at? Or do we set that thermostat as a family and say, no, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that comes out in examining the different um, types of media that we consume. What kind of music are we listening to? What kind of movies are we watching? What kind of things um, on our computers and devices are we exposing ourselves to on so many levels? So both personally and as family, are we giving witness to a compelling, joy-filled life? So the second key to the mission family are recognition. Do we recognize where God has called us to? Do we recognize where we are truly at in this moment? And do we recognize what it will take to get there?
2: The third key to a mission family is incarnational. You know, we can know the truth, we can recognize the truth, but how well are we letting that truth take form in our lives? We're called to do what Jesus does, and what did Jesus do? The Word became flesh. St. John Paul II told families to become what they are. Families, we are capable. Of living with the truth incarnated in our lives. We are capable of living radically. We are capable of living in love with Jesus. So, I just finished my first year at a pretty solid Catholic university, and so much of the student body grew up Catholic, has been going to masses since day one, and you know, would continue to pray the rosary throughout the year and do holy hours and all that stuff. But I can tell you, that so many of them, if not most of them, are still hungry, are still searching. And yeah, we're always called to still be hungry, but I feel like so many of them have never actually encountered Jesus. And as parents, I speak this to you moms and dads, they're hungry. We're hungry for you to take the bull by the horns. We're hungry for you to show leadership, for you to challenge, for you to break into our hearts. You know, maybe you'll be met with resistance, but here's the thing, it doesn't last. And our hearts were created to be led, to be led to something higher, to be led to something greater. And I can tell you that the world isn't going to satisfy that. So you know, embrace the awkwardness, challenge it head on, even the resistance, even if it's hostility, still go into that knowing that God has equipped you and that you are completely capable of allowing love to just totally transform your home and enabling your family to become what they already are. So you've heard us talk about this before, but one thing we do in our home is the Lit Gathering Guide. And it's just a really great way to touch base with each other every week and really dive in to the Mass readings because we're going to Mass and experiencing this as a family. So it's an awesome way to let it just overflow into our daily lives.
3: Hello, my name is Joseph and my letter is N. Now first off, I want all of you to take a moment and just think about what goes on in your ordinary day-to-day life. If someone asks you, what did you do today? What are some of the common things that might reoccur day by day? I know for me, when I had first started kindergarten, um, I would go through every single aspect of every day because it was all so unusual to me and out of the ordinary that every little thing kind of stood out. So I would come home and I'd be asked, like, what did you do today? And I would go through every single thing, I'd be I opened the doorknob and I pushed the door open and I walked in and I went to the hanger and I hung my backpack and I unzipped one folder and I took out this and I go on and on and on, every single little detail because To me, as this something new, it was also out of the ordinary, but as kindergarten went on, it it became these things that were so unusual to me, became so normal and so a part of just my day-to-day life. This letter N that I have stands for normal, and that's how Christian life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be normal, in particular in a family. Now I know it can be hard to live a Christian life in an intentional, meaningful way in a family, sometimes even more so than around friends because we all have these perceptions of each other and these boxes that we've put each other in and getting out of them can be very uncomfortable. A lot of us kind of don't want to be like those Christian families who we view as weird or unnatural because they're praying and talking and really living out their faith. We are content in our own little bubble where it's fine enough for us to just kind of be doing these things Um, and we feel like it's unnatural to be doing all of this extra stuff we view. But if we are created for God, um, if it is in our nature to be created for God, then it should be in our nature to want to give everything to Him and to live Him out in every way. And again, it's gonna take effort. It's, going to ta- it's not gonna be something that comes overnight. It's going to be a process. But uh, in, a, in a rocket ship, when a rocket is launching off, it uses over 90% of its fuel just to get off the ground, just to break into the atmosphere. And once it gets past that, then it can just keep going and going on the course that's been set for it and it doesn't take as much of an effort or as much of a um, resistance. And that's what it's going to be like. It's gonna, the hardest part is going to be that beginning, just breaking off from the ground and starting and talking and praying and being intentional about living the faith, especially in a family. It's going to be that the beginning that's going to be the hardest part. But I encourage you, once you get past that, once you make it a commitment, it becomes a habit, and then it becomes something that is so natural. It responds to your nature in Christ and the way you're created to be, and it becomes something that is normal
4: the very heart of being intentional is to live our lives with intention to intend what god wants to have confidence that what he calls us to he will provide for and the devil wants us to doubt god and if not that to doubt that he's powerful and if not that to doubt that god wants to work through sinners like us but families are so much more powerful when we seek and claim him Jesus Christ with intention. Let me tell you the short story. At a Pastor Blaze event, I was on the prayer team and a woman started coming up to me to be prayed over. And in my heart, I really did not want this to happen because I knew that I could easily fall short. I knew that she was looking for healing and I thought that I would not be able to give it. She asked me to pray over her. She had been struggling with headaches and migraines. and so. Immediately as I started doubting myself, a book came to mind, Prince Caspian by C.S. Lewis. And in it, Prince Caspian, after the major battle in the book, Prince Caspian approaches Aslan, and Aslan asks Prince Caspian, are you ready to be the King of Narnia? And Prince Caspian says humbly, no, I am not. And Aslan responds, if you thought you were ready, it would prove to me that you are not. And so that came in my mind, and what I recognized was that if I thought that I was ready, I would not be. To make a long story really short, a lot of amazing, incredible things happened and this woman was healed by the power of God. In spite of our imperfections, in spite of our sin, in spite of our anxiousness, the Holy Spirit wants to use us. The Holy Spirit wants to use you. So wherever your family's at, whatever struggles, whatever challenges, don't doubt what God intends to do with your family.
5: Hello everybody, I'm Catherine, and I get the letter T. It stands for transformational. So let me tell you about one of my favorite books called Pride and Prejudice. And the two main characters in it, Darcy, who is a very wealthy man, kind of prejudiced, and he meets this lovely lady, Elizabeth, who is very proudful and they don't get along right off the bat. Throughout the story they undergo various challenges and struggles. They're being transformed, get it? And um, as you might imagine, at the end of the story they get married. Similarly, this is a key to a mission family. We all undergo struggles, crises, challenges, brokenness, and we're all better for it in the end. To the point where we'll all be united in that awesome wedding feast in heaven. It's the whole meaning of the Mass. People want to make sense of the incomplete and sometimes broken pieces of their lives. Transformation from the bread to the body of Jesus Christ. That bread is all of us, called to be His Holy Presence, Holy Communion. And last but not least, who doesn't want to be youthful? Jesus said, unless we're like children, we will not go to heaven. When all the adults were being fussy, he said, let the children come to me. Children have a sense of awe, a sense of wonder in the world. Which of us don't want that every day of our lives? You look at all the consumer products promising to make us youthful. Folks, this is the way you do it. You live your identity and mission and image the Trinity. You make God, who is love, known youthful people This is the fountain of youth. Now that we've given you these seven keys, you need to put them in the door and turn it. This is a measure of our success on this earth, becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we can't do it alone. This Sunday, we'll meet you in the Eucharist. And above all, know how truly and deeply God loves you.
2: Why are many of us beset with all the same frustrations and anxieties as the rest of the world? In so many words, many of us may be asking, where is the power? In the following presentation, Andrew Reinhardt gives us the Catholic foundations for life in the Spirit. He invites us to more fully embrace our Catholic appointing and anointing to be instruments of Christ's real power in the world around us. It took place at a Praying with Fire conference sponsored by Mass Impact. Find out more information about this movement of personal, family, and parish transformation at MassImpact.us. Not another program, a way of life in Jesus Christ.
6: Thank you. So I was sitting at home earlier today on the front porch waiting for my wife Brittany my beautiful wife, to get home. And I was looking at myself, and I thought, man, I don't normally dress like this. And I'm sitting there with my Bible on my lap. I I work at the cathedral, so I had to read for Mass with the bishop earlier today. So I thought I should look nice. So I'm sitting there with my Bible, and I said, oh, oh goodness, I'm just a name tag away from being a Mormon. (laughs) I almost wanted to go door to door. But I I look up to them for their zeal, you know, they send their young people on mission. Um, You give your young people to what you're passionate about, I think, as a culture. Um, So we could learn some things from them, I think. Uh, So I'm here to talk about the Catholic foundations of the life in the spirit. And to do that, I just want to um, talk about what we're going to do here in a few minutes together as this community we formed this evening. We're about to go over to church and have Eucharistic Adoration the blessed sacrament, the host from mass in a monstrance, in a sacred vessel that we can all see for an extended period of time. And we're gonna spend some time praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord. I don't know how many of you have ever um, been involved in anything with the word charismatic before. Some people like the word, some people don't. Either way, it's okay. But tonight we're going to um, have a worship experience that's a little more charismatic than the average Ignite event. So maybe some of you have just been to Ignites. And so this might be a little different. And I wanna tell you about an experience that I had when I was in college. I was involved with a student organization at Ohio State called St. Paul's Outreach. Uh, We did some of the same stuff that Peter did um, when he was younger. And as I was getting involved with that, we started going to these prayer meetings. And I said, what the heck is this? I said, I like these guys. They're Catholic. They love their faith. They're passionate about life. I looked up to them. But then when I went and prayed with them, they prayed really weird. (laughs) And I said, oh, Lord, what is this? Um, What have I gotten myself into? So I was skeptical. I was real skeptical. I was um, deep in the catechism and deep into sort of the spiritual classics. And i um, trying to integrate all these ideas as a first-year person in college. And the first thing I noticed was that their worship of the Lord in a charismatic fashion was drawing them closer to the sacraments. It was drawing them into the Mass, to Eucharistic adoration, to confession, to live their Catholic faith in an authentic and full way. It wasn't drawing them away from the church. So I said, man, I should, I should think about this. I should give this a chance. And I did, and we went on a, a retreat. Uh, I don't even remember what we called it. Fan in the Flame was the name of the retreat. And it was like a Life in the Spirit seminar. Some of you that have been involved in the Charismatic Renewal might know about that, but it's adapted for college students. So I go on this evening, and I get prayed over, and all of a sudden I start um, making these noises that didn't make sense to me. Um, and I started to put my hands in the air, which I thought was kind of goofy, and I, and I started to feel a freedom in my prayer, and I want to talk about that, that freedom some more, but before I do, I want to read you a quote. I'm the Catholic one, so i got to give you quotes, <laughs> and I'm low-tech, so I have note cards. This is from Bishop Robert Barron. He spoke uh, last year at the International Eucharistic Congress in the Philippines, and this is from his keynote address on the Eucharist. He said, remember Pope Benedict said that the origin of the word adoration is from the Latin word adoratio, which means ad ora, two words that mean to mouth to mouth or to the mouth of. So to adore means to be mouth to mouth with God, ad ora. To the mouth. To adore is to be mouth to mouth with God. Which is why right praise is key to the biblical revelation. The word orthodoxy, before it means right belief, means right praise. The word orthodoxy, before it means right belief, means right praise. So in our, our Catholic life, we need to have everything in line. Right, everything pointing towards God. And we do this by having right belief and right practice and right praise. And of course, as Catholics, we're blessed with, what, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. What can be more perfect praise than the miracle of bread and wine becoming the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ and then offering that back to God... Right, you're offering God to God. It's it's a perfect sacrifice. The only way for it to be perfect is that it's God, and then we get to eat it, <laughs> mouth to mouth, right? We we eat the Lord in the Eucharist. Uh, it doesn't get much more perfect than that, does it? Um. So how come when we go to Mass, and we participate in this perfect act of praise, this perfect adoration? How come we don't become perfect from it? Is there something wrong with the Mass? Well, if that darn priest would, if those people wouldn't be... We we might have some complaints. Uh, The problem isn't with the Mass. The problem is with us. The problem is with us. And this is really important to recognize because what we're going to do tonight in the church isn't taking us away from the Mass... It's leading us to the Mass and it's a special opportunity for us to get ourselves right and us to get our community right. So the next time we approach the Lord at the altar, we can be made more perfect than we are now. So what's actually going to happen when we get in there, we're going to have songs and there's going to be space between the songs. And you're going to hear some people in the church uh, continue to pray when the song's done. (laughs) And that might not be comfortable because we don't do that at Mass, do we? When the part's done at Mass, we sit there and we're quiet. (laughs) But what we're going to do tonight might be a little different. It might feel uncomfortable. Um, So what I want to encourage you to do is to find a place where you can worship in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. And what I mean by this is the Spirit is going to move you. You're going to felt led in your heart and in your mind and even maybe in your body to do different things while you're praying. Maybe to, to speak out loud and people might actually hear you. Maybe to do something with your body you haven't done before when you pray. Maybe, um, maybe to share a word with the whole community. Maybe... Uh, you might even be called to pray in tongues uh, when you're prayed over today. Um, so the Spirit might lead you to do different things, but we're also called to worship in the truth. This means that there's a reasonableness to it, that there's a, con- a control to it. It's a spontaneous reasonability. <laughs> Remember, we're we're mouth-to-mouth with God in adoration. Um, and this makes, it's the same thing that makes a good lover, I think. <laughs> you know, that makes a good spouse, that makes a good boyfriend or girlfriend. It's the mix of being spontaneous and being reasonable, being attentive to the needs of the other person, staying within the bounds of morality, the bounds of of goodness, but at the same time being spontaneous and having an energy and a zeal and an excitement for the other person. So this is what we're going to be called into during this time. What does the church say about this? I have a quote from Pope Benedict. He was speaking to an international meeting of the Catholic Fraternity of Charismatic Covenant Communities. And these are communities of people that choose to live in intentionally and make a covenant with each other to a certain lifestyle. And he says to them in 2008, what we learn in the New Testament on charisms which appeared as visible signs of the coming of the Holy Spirit, is not a historical event of the past, but a reality ever alive. The movements and new communities are like an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the church and in contemporary society. We can therefore rightly say that one of the positive elements and aspects of the community of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal is precisely their emphasis on the charisms or gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is Pope Benedict. It's not Pope Francis. Some people think Pope Francis is a little wishy-washy sometimes. I love him. Uh, It's not John Paul II, who was very dramatic and grand. This is Pope Benedict. Uh, Some people called him the German Shepherd. You know, he's ordered. He he was orthodox. This is Pope Benedict saying that not only are these charisms a part of the renewal, but they're what's good about the renewal. Some people might say, I want to be charismatic, but I don't want any of those charisms. Because to be charismatic means uh, that I just have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean God's going to call me out of my comfort zone to do these things that I think are kind of weird. What's the scripture say about these charisms? In the first letter to the Corinthians, in chapter 12, St. Paul says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everything. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. To one is given through the Spirit the expression of wisdom, to another, the expression of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another, mighty deeds, to another, prophecy, to another, discernment of spirits, to another, varieties of tongues, to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit produces all of these, Disturbing, distributing, sorry, them individually to each person as he wishes. So this this listing of these things, tongues, healing, prophecy, discernment of spirits, wisdom, there's a couple more in there too. These are called charisms. And these charisms are given to us for the building up of the church. Meaning we're not asking for Catholic superpowers, Right? I don't become this magical person that's going to go around the world and just work miracles with my life. Maybe the Lord will choose you to to use you to work miracles, but these gifts are given to you for the building up of the community. It's not about you. It's about the community, the church. It's about us together and what we need. So as we enter this time of prayer, I would encourage you to think about this being in spirit and in truth. We can go on two extremes with this. We can go to an extreme of, I'm going to just do whatever comes to my heart and mind, as crazy as it might seem, as crazy as it might sound. And sometimes that can even become a bit of a show, right? I'm going to pray really loud and people can hear me pray really loud. I'm going to pray over people so people can see me pray over people. Um, I'm going to put my hands up in the air because everyone else is, or or I want people to see how how good I praise God. All right? There can be a vanity in it. So I want you to resist that. I want you to, to cast that out of your mind and heart. We're not making a show out of our prayer. We're, we want to worship God authentically, being authentic to how we're, we're moved to pray. But we're also called... Uh, to not be too worried about what the people around us are thinking. Some of us might say, if I put my hands in the air, they're going to see me put my hands in the air. If I pray in tongues, someone's going to record it and then play it to the bishop, and he's going to kick me out of the church. (laughs) Right? If they see me doing this, what are they going to think about me? We need a freedom in our worship. And in that freedom... Is, ca- is casting out that, um, that concern about other people's judgments and our own judgments. So we need a balance of spontaneity and reasonableness, of spirit and truth. So this is the point of the evening when I'm supposed to make you all stand up and put your hands in the air and start talking out loud. But I hate that, so I'm not going to do it. But I want to talk to you about just one other thing we're going to do. We're going to spend some time praying over people in the church. And as we do that, the focal point is going to be the Eucharist on the altar in the monstrance. So there's going to be some people off to the side praying. And I would encourage you this evening, if you maybe have never heard the term baptism in the Holy Spirit, which Father Jeff is going to talk about later, or maybe you've never felt an outpouring of the Spirit in your life, or maybe you've received the sacraments of baptism and confirmation but you've never felt the Spirit active in you, I would encourage you to let somebody pray over you this evening and ask for an outpouring of the Spirit. I like to use a chocolate milk analogy, because I like food. So the milk's you and the chocolate's God. The sacraments work. They do. They're guaranteed to work. So what we get in the sacraments is a big old dose of chocolate that chocolate gets dumped into your milk. What happens to chocolate milk if you don't stir the chocolate, though? Right, you just drink a bunch of milk and it doesn't taste like chocolate. So what do you have to do with your faith is you gotta stir the chocolate. You gotta stir the Holy Spirit up in your heart and in your mind and in your life. And by doing that, then the milk becomes like the chocolate. The milk tastes like the chocolate, the milk looks like the chocolate, and you can't separate them anymore. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to stir up that chocolate some more. (laughs) We're going to take the grace that you've already received in in baptism and confirmation and is available to us in our Catholic life, and we're going to activate that in a new and deeper and more profound way. Maybe you've already experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you already um, experienced some of the charisms. This doesn't mean you shouldn't be prayed over more, because God always wants to offer us more. Remember, the charisms are for the building up of the community, so the needs that we have as a community, God's going to respond by providing for those needs with charisms. All right? So this means maybe uh, you've identified yourself in such a way to say, oh, I don't have that gift, I don't have that charism. Well, be open-minded. Maybe uh, you're being called to use it now. Maybe you're being called uh, to heal people, to give prophecy, uh, to have wisdom, to work in administration. Who knows? Who knows? But the Lord may be calling you to new uh, and deeper things. So I, I just want to put your hearts and minds at rest that uh, we're Catholic here, and what we're doing this evening is a Catholic thing. Um, but I, I would also say let's worship in spirit and truth. Let's be open to the movements of the Spirit and at the same time reasonable um, in our in the way that we're going to love the Lord mouth to mouth. Thank you.
0: For more information about this movement of personal, family, and parish transformation, go to MassImpact.us. Not another program, a way of life in Jesus Christ. I want to share with you uh, four songs that have made a difference in my life. Four songs that are from a, a secular Irish, you might say, folk rock band um, that has a strong foundation in their faith, but uh, clearly not a Um, an explicitly christian label but woven into their themes are some very honest reflections which i i tend to like and be more attentive when these reflections are given in song that are from a a secular context because it kind of demonstrates to all of us that this faith of ours is not just behind four walls of a church or a steeple that all have been created for christ and uh when those who per se aren't coming from an explicitly christian perspective are sharing deep christian truths i don't know um it does something to validate for us that god is bigger god is bigger than our walls he wants to break out of those walls that he fashioned every human person for life in him and so the band here that you are going to hear tonight is hot house flowers is their name uh, i was familiar with this band early uh i'd say in high school, shared with my brothers, and uh, increasingly through life, I've shared it with my kids, and uh, just very moved by the theme. So the four songs I want to share with you tonight, one is called One Tongue, that I'm going to play first, that is entirely um, a reflection on the Pentecost experience. It's all about the Holy Spirit uniting us. I'm delighted to share these songs with you tonight on Ignite Radio Live. On Tuned in to Ignite Radio Live, and we're listening to a special Faith in the World segment God Alive in Ordinary Secular Music. The band is Hot House Flowers.
7: The most is what is there and what is real We could start by shaking each other Or talk about something else And I know in the end we could get to the point Or we could go get some rest And be good, be kind, be be truthful and feel free And keep your holy loving eyes on me Be good, be be kind, be truthful and feel free your holy, lovely night. about soft drinks started talking about our lives there is answers in the music and there are answers in the words and if we stop talking in circles we might get closer to the earth and we can be good be, good, be kind be gentle be and feel free and keep your holy loving eyes on me and be good be, good, be kind be gentle be and feel free and keep your holy loving
0: Night Radio Live, and we're listening to a special Faith in the World segment, God Alive in Ordinary Secular Music. The band is Hot House Flowers. You've
7: been disturbed from your sleep, you've been laid down on the floor, been looking around for your family, now your body's tired and sore, well there's rest on the water, And there's an answer on the street And if you take the time to listen There's a chance you will meet Your soul This is it This is your soul Not the most comfortable place You've been looking into a room Full of strangers But now you recognize one face It's a reflection in the water It's the word that's in the streets Say now's the time to listen Take the time to meet
0: Tuned into Ignite Radio Live, and we're listening to a special Faith in the World segment God Alive in Ordinary Secular Music. The band is Hot House Flowers.
7: Comes from the earth And out of the skies From the four corners of the compass And into our lives He is followed He who is true To what there is To be believed to the spirit of you, come from the day and out of the night. It's in all things natural, it's in all things right. Oh, sometimes it's just not that. So smooth With a prayer at each end We all carry our stones Our good books On the holy ground We stand True to the day True to the night It's got to be natural It's got to be right Oh It's still not that easy No, sometimes I'm not the man I